Welcome to Brook USA on the Road. Our mission at Brook USA is to significantly improve the welfare of working horses, donkeys, and mules, and the people they serve throughout Asia, Africa, the Middle East, the Americas, and the Caribbean by raising funds and responsibly directing them to the areas of greatest need. Brook USA connects private philanthropists with their passion for helping relieve the suffering of working equines and their owners. In each podcast episode, you'll hear a report from one of our board members on the current initiatives for our organization. You'll also enjoy updates from our Brook USA ambassadors, who range from top-level international writers to best-selling authors. I'm your host, Julianne Neal. In this episode, you'll have the opportunity to learn more about Brook USA, a nonprofit, board led organization dedicated to alleviating the suffering of working equines and the people they serve in the developing world. In today's episode of the podcast, you'll hear from Jim Wolf, current board member for Brook USA. He'll be joined by Max Corcoran, currently serving as the United States Eventing Association President. Later in the episode, we'll sit down with Douglas B. Maddox, director of Hope's Legacy. This film will be premiered in our online movie event, serving as the kickoff for Brook USA's Power of One campaign. For more information or to purchase tickets, please visit brookusa.org. With our upcoming Equus Film Festival virtual movie event, our first two guests on today's episode are undoubtedly the most knowledgeable people that we could feature. Jim Wolf boasts an impressive resume that includes more than 20 years working for the United States Equestrian Team, the USET, and the United States Equestrian Federation, the USEF, in various roles, including director of eventing, special assistant to the executive director, and ultimately as executive director of sports programs at USEF. He was the manager of the three-day event team at the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona and was responsible for selecting, funding, and equipping the U.S. equestrian team at every Pan Am Games, World Equestrian Games, and Olympic Games from 1996 to 2014. And that is a mouthful, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of exhausted just listening to it. Yeah. Uh, makes, me feel, also- makes me feel old I've been around that long. Oh, no, no, no. You did it in a short time. Short time. <laughs> and Max was a member of the O'Connor event team with David and Karen O'Connor for many years, managing their barn through such events as Olympics, Pan Am Games, World Equestrian Games. And she is currently serving as the United States Eventing Association president. Another mouthful for that. So Jim and Max, both of you, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Thank for, you having, for us. having us. Jim, we're going to start with you as a board member for Brook USA. Through all of the responsibilities that we that we just mentioned, you have traveled throughout the world. You've been in developing countries and witnessed firsthand the conditions of working equines in those places. Was that what drew you to Brook USA in the first place? How did things start for you? Well, I, I was aware of it. Um, uh, um for some years, and I've been in England quite a bit, and of course, Brooke is very active over there, but Brooke USA really came to my attention in 2016, and I went to an event in Wellington that was a fundraiser, um, was just invited through friends to go, and I met Emily Doolin, and if you've ever met Emily, you'll know she's sort of a force of nature, and she and I got to talking at the cocktail party. I think I talked my way, uh, unbeknownst to me, onto her board, but um, I do feel passionately about what they're doing. Um, my wife and I work with a charity that my wife has really been involved with a long time uh, in the Dominican Republic. So we spend a lot of time doing charity work down there. And, you know, just throughout the Americas, I've spent time in Africa. I've spent time in some of the poorer countries in the world just through the course of my travels. And I've really seen the need. You know, Brooks serves 600, there's 600 million people in this world that rely on 100 million horses, mules, and donkeys for their livelihood. And there are a lot of equestrian charities and there are a lot of charities that do great work with people in third world countries, but this is the only one I'm aware of that you kind of get a twofer when you support Brooke because you're supporting the people, but you're also supporting the animals. And all of us in the horse business, obviously, we love our animals. Um, 
Um, and so that's very important to us. But for me, there's the, the human component that's so important to me personally, and I think to a lot of the people in our community as well. Well, with your experience with the equestrian teams and, and the things that you've done, we see our horses as this important part of our lives. And so, you know, on the scale that you're seeing it all the time, of course, the welfare is of the utmost importance, but it's just as important for the people that we're talking about. If they, if they lose the donkey or the mule, then they've lost their whole livelihood. And so it, it kind of you know, reinforces for me the importance of that. Well, if we can take some of the knowledge that we have from maintaining these high-performance animals, and certainly one of the best people I know in the world of doing that is Max Corcoran, um, and if we can transfer some of that knowledge and expertise to these people to just give them some basic skills, it's amazing how much we can improve their lives and the lives of the horses, mules, and donkeys that depend on them. And there's also a very interesting component in this, which is very uh, topical, now, which is women's empowerment, because in a lot of these third world countries, the caretakers, the caregivers for these animals are the women. And when we can educate them about how to do that, it, it really increases their stature in their community. And also it gives them some more resources. And we found that when uh, particularly women in these developing countries have additional resources, they almost always use them to educate their children. So there's this great knock-on effect from what we do, but it all comes back to the, the, our love for the animals, and that's why equestrian people are the, the most significant donor base for Brooke, USA. And we'll talk a little bit more about ways you can support a little bit later in the podcast, but Max, your new, I guess it's a relatively new role. You came on as president in what, 2019? 2020, or actually, I guess it was December 2019. Okay. I think I read that you were sort of um, shadowing the current president and learning your way through. I mean, your background in barn management at the highest levels and your event management experience, I'm sure, has been a huge help. But you have also been really interested and concerned about horsemanship and animal welfare. Do you see that as sort of a legacy that you'd like to see carried out through your presidency of the organization? How do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. That for sure. The horsemanship and the and the horse management is something that I've been obviously very passionate about. I've given pretty much my whole life uh, to it, to dedicated to it. And a lot of times, you know, with with our world now and and people learning how to ride later in life, and people that you know, everybody's got an app, you know. And so I always say, you know, things have to happen now, and everything wants quickly. Whereas this management and the horsemanship is is a process. It's a program. It's uh, it's everything. It's something which you do every single solitary day. And the horsemanship and the management um, comes from from a long time of, of learning and wanting to learn and wanting to be a part of it. And it's not that it's lacking because people don't want to do it. A lot of people just don't know about it and don't know that they need to be doing it. Um, if that makes sense. And so um, obviously, you know, this, you know, partnering with Brook USA, that's exactly what, what everybody is trying to do as well is to teach people how to look after their animals. So their longe- they've got longevity in their lives, their, their lives are better, they're healthier, um, they're more productive, they can be more successful. Um, and then in that, you know, like, like Jim was saying about the women empowerment, of course, I'm a, I'm a big, big, brave New England woman, and I love to empower any woman anywhere in the world, especially a third world country where a lot of times they don't get the recognition or the, um, or, or the respect that they always deserve. So um, in, in doing this, and they can, you know, be the person that makes the biggest difference for their families and for their children and for their husbands. I think it's a very, very special, very cool thing what Brook USA does. Absolutely. With your background and you've seen all different sides of the eventing world, you've seen it from different perspectives. And I read that you were talking about collaborations that you'd like to see between um, grooms and organizers and riders and and for everybody to kind of see things, things from somebody else's point of view. And to me, that's a little bit about what you're talking about here with women and other other areas is that, you know, we don't understand what they're going through, but we're trying to see it from their perspective and and see it from their point of view. So that's pretty special. Um, And so that brings me to the collaboration between USEA and Brooke USA for this film event. I mean, 
that's sort of a no brainer. The film that we'll be seeing hopes legacy has a venting as a topic. So it's a great collaborative effort between the two organizations to, to bring attention to eventing, but also to um, bring some support for Brook USA. That had to be one of your ideas, Max, Jim, which, which one of you thought of that? <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I can take credit for that. I think may, it was, was either say, Max I or think Emily. I, I think either. it's a great idea. Yeah. I'd love to take credit yes. for it. But. Well, now that's not what I heard. You know, some, a little birdie told me that Jim, it might've been your idea. So well, you get to take credit if you like it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I think, well, whoever's idea it is, I think it's a great idea. Um, Definitely. And I, I think that, um, you know, it's a great initiative and it's a really important thing for um, Brook USA. We're about to launch our um, Power of One campaign and we're trying to raise a million dollars is at the heart of that campaign and doing it from, you know, single donors. And I think the real important part of that message is that, um, you know, every donation counts and every donation is important. It's whatever you can give. You know, a dollar is important. A dollar in a third world country, I got to remind you, goes a heck of a long way. So, you know, every every uh, dollar that Brook USA can raise towards this campaign is important. I think partnering with eventing, well, it's it's just, you know, the sport that I come from. I know it well, but they're very passionate people and the welfare of their horses is central to what they do. It's it's a huge component of of what they think about every day. So I think it really resonates with them in this film is going to be a very fun film, uh, Hope's Legacy. It's about eventing, so it's going to have a lot of intrigue and probably some romance in it. Um, <laughs> and, and I think it's just a really fun film and something that I think is a great way to, to launch this uh, campaign that Brook USA is undertaking. Well, and I think for people who don't really understand or don't even know what eventing is, um, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I will admit that Years ago, in, in my younger days, I evented, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there was something called a tadpole division, and I was oh, not yeah. good enough to be in the tadpole division. I was in the amoeba tadpole division. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that's out there doing it deserves a lot of credit because you know that I don't do that. Uh, anybody that's out there doing it, hats off to them. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I would echo that. I would yeah. echo that. I, you know, it's the, our base is so important to us in, in any sport, but certainly in eventing. And anyone that has the guts to throw a leg over a horse is good in my book. Well, it was me and my exactly. in our 30s, and we were up against those 10-year-olds, and, man, we were in it to win it. We <laughs> <laughs> were competitive now, I'll tell you. But for some and that, That's the actually very cool thing about the equestrian discipline of, of, of in general is that you get to compete against men and women, compete against each other as equals, and, um, you know, an age, you know, obviously there are some age divisions, but for the most part, you know, everybody's sort of competing with each other, not necessarily against each other, but with each other. And, and there's no uh, differential about, you know, men, women, 15 to 30 year olds or 60 year olds or whatever. So it's our sport's pretty, pretty cool that way. The other thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, a lot of it depends on what you're sitting on. And, you know, you may be in a lower level division, but you may be with someone that just went to the Olympics. There's a funny story that Max knows. Well, uh, Karen O'Connor, we just come back from an Olympics. I can't even remember which one, but Max will. And Karen O'Connor came back and I think she was riding in the amoeba division or something along those lines. And the horse stopped and she fell off. And it was just, a, it, it was a great love. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, it's, yeah. it, you know, what you're sitting on is really important. It's not, the, it's, it's a yeah. real partnership, but yeah. you know, it's a, there's no greater leveler or humbler in this world than the horse. That's for sure. Exactly. Keep you humble. What do they say? Rooster one day, feather duster the next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, and my favorite yeah. David O'Connor story is I have a friend, and again, I was the same crowd I was eventing with, and David came and did a clinic, and she came back and said she was horrified because she fell off at his feet, and he told her to get back up, that even a cow can jump three feet from a standstill, and she knew that horse that she was on. <laughs> <laughs> that, we have remembered that ever since. So, oh, that is great. Well, so Max, if somebody doesn't know anything at all about eventing and they're coming to watch this movie, what what do you think they should what should they look for what will they see what are some of those eventing things that that are exciting have you seen the film yet first of all yeah 
I, I have not seen the film. I know my CEO, Rob Burke, has he got to do a special viewing. And, and so they, I've been promised it, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it for sure. I'm very excited yeah. about it. Um, and mostly the big thing for eventing, the one thing, you know, it's, it's a, basically for your average person, it's a triathlon for the horses. Um, the same horse and rider combination do all three disciplines. And the first discipline is dressage, and that obviously is going to be sort of like figures and figure skating. And then the second discipline is the cross country, which for us is the meat. It's the heart of our sport. Um, and that's when you're galloping across the country, jumping solid obstacles. And then the third phase is the show jumping where, you know, the painted rails and um, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, basically, so everybody has to do all three phases and then your score gets accumulated. Your penalty points uh, get all accumulated up and the lowest score wins. Um, and so it, we have a fairly unique bond with our horses because we do have to practice all three of those disciplines. So we get to know each other really quite well. So there is, um, you know, there's a serious partnership between the horses and the riders and, and the team around the horses as well, between your trainer and your farrier and your vet and um, your, you know, your coach or, or whoever it is that, that's there as part of your, your crew, because you can't, people will say, even from going to your first beginner novice event straight through the Olympic Games, you never win a ribbon all by yourself. There's a whole group of people with you. So that's a very, very cool thing for us. It really is. For more exciting content, tune in to Winnie Tales, horse stories, pony legends, and unicorn yarns, featuring the work of international equine clinician Bruce Anderson. You'll find these podcasts and more at equusfilmfestival.net or on any of your favorite podcast directories. I think it's probably important to note, Max and I both started in the sport as grooms. Awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's, and, yeah. and, you know, that's a great way to start at this sport because you really learn it from the ground up. But the groom is the person really that's really focused on that horse day in and day out. You, you, you don't really work for the rider, you work for the horses. And, um, yeah. and, you know, I think it gives you a real appreciation for it. And it certainly as I've sort of advanced through what I've done in the sport. That was a, that was the best base for me to come from because I really understood the sport at, at, a, at a real ground level and what was important, especially on team trips. You know, I used to have a saying that, you know, the grooms don't stay anywhere. I won't stay. I think maybe in Rio, we missed that one. <laughs> well, in 2007, for sure. Jim and, Jim and I have traveled around the world together. So, um, uh, wow. for sure. So, Yes. In, in 2007, um, in Rio the, for the Pan American Games, the grooms stayed in shipping containers. Oh, my gosh. On purpose. But they told us they were nice shipping containers, Max. They're they were nice, nice shipping, shipping containers. Right, exactly. And the horses had beautiful, beautiful stalls, gorgeous, big, big, beautiful stalls, big, beautiful wash racks, plenty of places to go walking. And we were in the shipping container. <laughs> well, and, and, and you were in the wash racks too, because as I recall, that was the only place yes. that we could bring up a shower. Yes. So we had to have yes. our farrier and stable manager uh, providing security while the, uh, you know, the, the groom showered in the wash stall. But hey, we got through it. We're yes. tough. We're veterans. <laughs> we can get through anything. Hey, and what happened? We came home with so many medals. It was fantastic. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's all about perspective, right? Exactly. 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 Yes. Yeah, we can say that. You know, and it's funny, you know, we, we complain about being in a shipping container, but again, talking about having, you know, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes, people would be very happy. A lot of people would be very happy in their life to be able to have um, a bed, you know. So, well, and, um, and to we, that, we should, you know, it's, it's a very cool perspective to look at it with these, with, you know, what we deal with. Well, and to that point, when we were in Brazil, we had to drive through a lot of flavellas to get to our venue and it, it, it is humbling and it makes you realize how fortunate we really are and, and really how fortunate we are to make our living in a sport that we, we love. I think it's probably a good time for me to just give a little bit of a shout out to Brook USA's eventing ambassadors. We have some great riders that are behind this cause, Clayton Fredericks, uh, Sinead Halpin, Boyd Martin, uh, Tink Maynard and Allison Springer are all eventing people that are our official Brook ambassadors. And I think one of the things I'd also like to say is that um, 
it's very important not just to donate money, but your time's important to us too, to get our mission out there and communicate about what we're doing and increase awareness for Brook USA. Um, these ambassadors have done a great job. We do fun events at different events. It's a little difficult right now to do some of those, but we're looking forward to getting back to that. But um, again, if, if you don't, if you know, we, 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 we need the funding, but we also need people's time. And if you want to give either, please visit Brook USA's website and it'll tell you how to do, do those things. Well, and it, like I was speaking with somebody about Aquatana earlier this morning and the, the thing of changing these in-person events over to virtual is an astronomical um, bunch of work, bunch of work. And so to have a virtual film festival event, festival event as you're getting ready to have, it makes things really accessible for the general public and you're able to get the word out to probably more people than you would have and hopefully spread the word and, and be able to put out more about Brook USA every chance we get. So if we can get all these people to, you know, hashtag Brook USA on the road or whatever we need to do to, to spread, yeah. I think that's, that's the key too. We can take advantage I of wanna be I want to be on the road with Brook USA. I want to actually go to some of these countries and be a part of it. That is something yeah. that I would love to be able to do in my life is to, to go and, and to actually physically be there and, and you know, uh, you know, I don't have the money to give, but I can for sure be, give my services and my knowledge. I mean, it's just such a cool thing to be able to make people's lives better. Right. Well, Max, I think that was a very well-documented offer. And uh, oh, it is on, I'm sure it Emily's going to be offer on the table. On. Is there? Yeah. So, I'm with you. And I know, that I know I've got fellow grooms that would come with me because, you know, what we do every day is great and it's super for these horses, but to be able to go to a third world country and make a difference for these women, A, and B, um, you know, animals that are working um, and be a part of such a fantastic group as Brook USA, it would be, you know, it's, it's life-changing. It, it is one of the cooler things, you know, it's, it's, probably going to be more satisfying than our horses. Well, I can't say that um, <laughs> winning a medal, but that's not quite true because that's a lifelong goal too. Um, but it, it is going to be, it, it'll be quite, um, it, it'd be quite fulfilling. It's something that we, we don't get to do. So I think it would be a very special thing to do. Mm. Well, I'll be mentioning that to the little birdie and um, yeah. <laughs> 100 million working horses, donkeys, and mules support 600 million of the world's poorest people. They are the sole source of income for many families through the backbreaking labor of their animals. Unfortunately, the majority of these working equines are suffering from chronic welfare issues and premature death, nearly all of which are preventable. Brook USA provides funding for scientifically proven, practical, and sustainable equine welfare programs throughout the developing world. We work primarily through Brook, the world's largest international equine welfare charity, which reaches 2 million working equines annually, benefiting 12 million people who depend on them. When we fund training for people and veterinary interventions for working equines, Brook USA effectively prevents and eases the suffering of these animals and ensures better livelihoods for people now and for generations to come. Projects recently funded by Brook USA include construction of permanent water troughs in Ethiopia, continuing education for veterinarians in Senegal, training for Maasai women who own donkeys in Kenya, veterinary interventions in Pakistan, disease prevention and training for animal healthcare workers in India, improved nutrition for animals in Guatemala, and so much more. We also recently funded emergency relief programs for equine victims of natural disasters in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. Please help us fund even more solutions to the world's most challenging equine welfare problems. So I have to ask, if each of you started as grooms, um, which horse, if you're going to think back, which horse was your favorite? During all that time, Max, which was which was your favorite? Did you have one? Uh, I have very, favorites for very different reasons. Um, you know, horses that I've been there from their very first, like a horse like Mandiba. I was there for his very. I was there when he was broke, and I was there with him at the Olympic Games, mm. and I was there through his entire journey. And that's very, very special. And he's a very special horse to me. 
Um, his owners are fantastic. And so it was definitely a journey. But then I have others that maybe weren't so famous, some that were. I mean, the Te- Theodore O'Connor is, is a very famous pony that was um, came to us at an interesting time in our sport. And he was a hero. Um, and to be part of him, he was a very cool horse to be around. Um, I'm going to miss him for, you know, Veronica and... Uh, you know, I'm so lucky. I have been around some of the most unbelievable horses working for Karen and David. Um, and uh, so it's kind of, it's hard to to pick one. Um, but for sure, like a, a Mr. Medicott to me is is one of my buddies. Um, he's, he's a very, very special horse. He's a very cool horse. And I got to be part of his career too. And um, and he's uh, he may be one of my favorites for sure. Well, I saw your picture with him on the USEA website. So I wondered if his name yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's he's, uh, he and I were together in a funny time in our lives. And, um, you know, he's a horse that has been in the top four at a five star with three different riders. Mm-hmm. And that's very rare. He's a very, very special animal. Um, and it's also done every and then went along to go to young riders and help win our team gold medal, too. So he's it's a very special horse very, and very smart. Well, I love how you had one or two, and then it was three or four, and then it was five. <laughs> and so, yeah, as a lot of them, I know they're girl. all for different reasons. They really are, and, and you know, and some of them are very special horses that just never, you know, were sound enough to to stay to the top of the sport that no one's ever heard of. That were also very special horses to you too. So, horses that you know gave me a lot of insights and and taught me a lot, and then horses that are the famous horses are great too because they're pretty cool to be around, but. Um, you know, they're, but we can't forget all the, the, the others too. Oh yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's just personality and you just click with one. Jim, how about yeah. you? I mean, you've been farm manager, fox hunter, eventing competitor, groom, all those things. Is, you, is there one that stands out to you or you have 20 or 30? <laughs> well, it, actually it's kind of, I had an interesting pathway into the sport. I didn't really get into eventing until I was out of college. And when I was in college, I had a friend that she was really into eventing. She said, you should come to the Kentucky three-day event with me. So we drove to the Rolex Kentucky three-day event. And I was, I was a pure cowboy at that point. I mean, I only did cow horses. I did a little bit of amateur rodeo stuff. And I watched uh, Bruce Davidson and uh, Jimmy Wofford and Mark Phillips jump into the head of the lake. And I was like, I am in. Uh, I, love that. I, I need to do that. And so I, my first job out of college, I worked as a ranger in Yellowstone Park wrangling horses for the park service. And I did that for uh, a year, spent the winter there and the next year. And I thought, well, I'm not spending another winter. So I still had the program from the Kentucky three-day event in 85. And Bruce Davidson, of course, was a two-time world champion. So I drove down the Old Faithful with my roll of quarters. And I went to the payphone as you did back in 1985. And I dialed information for Unionville, Pennsylvania. And I said, Bruce miraculously answered the phone. I said, can I come work for you? And he said, do I know you? I said, no, I you don't know me. I said, I saw you ride at Kentucky. I'd like to event. And he said, well, do you event now? And I said, well, I do bareback and saddle bronc on the weekends. And he paused for a minute. He said, did Mike Plum put you up to this? <laughs> I said, no, um, I don't know, Mr. Plum, but can I have a job? And he said, well, go work for my mother-in-law. And if you can survive her, you can come work for me. So I went and Worked for Mrs. Hannum riding her horses and, and hunting with her. And then after about, I don't know, a little less than a year of that, Bruce rode over one day and said, I think you better come work for me. And so at that time, Irish Cap was still on the farm. And he is just a legend. Um, and he would just roam around free around the farm. I mean, he, Irish Cap ran the farm. I mean, he, go, he went where he wanted to go. And so I've just always loved that horse just for his personality. But I was lucky enough to work with Dr. Peaches and J.J. Babu. Um, They were amazing. Bruce had so many, so many good horses that Mr. Tyndall found for him in those days. And and, uh, I was with Bruce for, I think, two and a half, almost three years, which I think was some sort of record at the time. Um, Probably still is. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I, and and I learned a lot from Bruce, and he's he's. It's really interesting from that visit to Kentucky. Bruce has become a very good friend. Jimmy Wofford's one of my best friends, and Mark Phillips and uh, Jimmy were both in my wedding, so oh, it was okay. a good trip to Kentucky. Um, and then working with Karen O'Connor, I was there the day that we brought Biko off the trailer <laughs> from Ireland. <laughs> <He has> this <laughs> big rangy 
pushy Irish horse. And I thought, good grief, what did we get ourselves into? And he ended up being, being just spectacular. But yeah, so I think really for Karen, Mr. Maxwell and Biko were, were two really special ones I worked with with her. So yeah. Well, then and I then on the U.S. team, I was luckily around a lot of the greats for, you know, 20 years. So yes. Well, now, was this Mrs. Hannum the same fox hunting extraordinaire? Christiana, her granddaughter, did a film about her? Or was this a different Oh, yeah. No, that's Mrs. Hannum. And she was she a was, I have a lot of Mrs. Hannum stories that I cannot tell on this podcast. But she was she was an amazing woman and, and so dedicated to land preservation and yeah. and uh, she did so many great things for the community and for the horse world. And she was a character, but boy, she she was there to feed those horses every day. I never that woman loved her horses, and that's just so typical of the people in equestrian sport. And I think that's why Brook USA has so much support for those people because the horses are so important to them, and um, philanthropy is important to them. And um, yeah, but she was. She was something to work for. She was, uh, I'll never forget her. She was amazing. Well, I don't know if that film is in this, this lineup for this weekend or not, but her granddaughter, Christy, did the film and documentary footage of her and all of the, the interesting things. I mean, she was friends with Hitchcock and just, just different things that you never, it's, it was a bygone era, and Christy did a fabulous job with that. So I'm well, we used, that to, we used to go on Hound Walk and used to have to ride one horse and lead two off each side and whip hounds to keep, you know, it was nuts. And I remember Jock Hannum, one of her sons said to me, now, Jim, your job is to make sure she doesn't jump anything out on hound exercise because she had broken every bone in her body. She had a big plate welded to the bottom of her stirrup so she could get her foot in, but she would still ride out on hound exercise every day. And I would be trying to deal with hounds and horses and the whole thing, but she'd, you know, she... And then Jock was like, just don't let her jump. And I was oh, like, well, I don't know how I'm going to stop her from doing that, but I'll try. I was very, I was unsuccessful, I'll tell you. I don't see how anybody <laughs> told her what to do. So no. she sounds like a true horsewoman to me. So I'm sure, Max, you and I can, can identify with that. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, thank you both for speaking with me, first of all, about Brook USA, but also about eventing. It makes, it makes me miss my little amoeba tadpole days. And I'm sure after watching Hope's Legacy, I'm going to want to do it even more. But um, well, We need you, we yes, need you back out there, Max. She's <laughs> going to hound you now until we have you back in the uh, No kidding. Back in the I south. know. And I'm going to throw a little plug, too. If anybody who sees this movie and wants to know more about eventing and getting started in eventing, please go to the U.S eventing association website which is useventing.org i believe um and there's lots of ways to find out how to to be um to start eventing and and finding instructors in your area and all that kind of stuff so yeah please please come be a part of it and we will add that to the show notes for sure so people can go in and just click on it and um and find your website and then jim what what's your last um word of wisdom from brook usa what should people know before they leave well, what should people know? I think, listen, if you can, if you can afford to help financially Brook USA or with your time, it is such a worthy cause. I uh, started my, I left the Federation in 2014 and started my business. And when I did that, I was on the board of several other organizations and I, I cleared my schedule because I didn't want to, you know, promise my time if I couldn't do it. And I wasn't going to be on any boards. And I met Emily Doolin and she just, you can't say no to Emily. Uh-uh. And, uh, but it really did appeal to me because it does help people and horses. And I have to say, I, I joined it, the board in 2016. And it's been one of the most rewarding things I've done. And I've, I feel really good about helping that organization every day. They do really good work. They really put their funding. Any dollar you donate, I can promise you, is going to get used for the mission that you were hoping that it would be used for. And um, just give whatever you can. It means a lot. And like I say, a dollar, a dollar in India goes a long way. So Absolutely. just support the cause. We need you. 
And I'd love to put the show notes, add to the show notes about your wife's charity and the work that you're doing with that as well. Sure. Well, I just, I just carry your bags, literally. It's her, <laughs> it's her project. It's Project Hope in the Dominican Republic. But my wife comes from a long line of Quakers and volunteering and helping people's in her DNA. And, and it rooted itself really firmly in her DNA. So we all go down as a family to the Dominican Republic every year and do a medical mission down there. And it's wow. wonderful. That is amazing. Well, thank you for that information. We'll add it to the notes. And um, of course, everything about Brook USA will be in the show notes as well. And I just want to remind everybody the dates, Thursday, October 15th at 4 p.m. and Friday, October 16th, Brook USA will be premiering Hope's Legacy, a movie by Douglas Maddox starring Diane Cannon. I can't wait. I haven't seen it yet either, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Doug Maddox, the director, had uh, Christmas Ranch, which was the preview film for this one. This is the sequel. It aired on Hallmark if you haven't seen it before. And all of this will be brought to you on the Equus Film Channel solely for usage by Brook USA. So I do know that there are tickets for $25, which is a steal. There are also $150 tickets. And if you get those, y'all, you get a custom-made caramel cake by Caroline's Cakes. So that's the one I'm going Oh, my gosh. Those are so good. (laughs) Sounds like a deal for me. Ridiculous. And it's a hundred dollar oh deductible donation to Brook USA along in that, in that amount. So um, it's definitely a bang for your buck and, um, and also a very worthy cause. So Jim and Max, thank you both so much for speaking with me today. Um, that was a special time and reminded me of, of good days. Well, well, thank thanks so for, having for having us. us. And, and, and we need you back in the saddle. We, we, we expect no to see kidding. you at the next event. Well, my, my yeah. horse, Winston, my horse, is um, a cross between a Shire and a Dutch warm blood, and he's decided that this is his thing, but I do oh, still love to jump, so you never know. I'll Excellent. be calling about that. Max, Max and I'll, I'll tell you what, if you come and compete again at eventing, Max and I'll groom for you. How's that? Oh, my there God. Go. It's a deal. That's it's a deal. deal. It's, it's a done deal. We'll, we'll do it. There. I'm setting up my crossroads this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, both. Thank you Bye. so much. Mark your calendars, folks, for a very special film event. Brook USA will be premiering Hope's Legacy, a movie by Douglas B. Maddox, starring Diane Cannon. The movie is the sequel to A Christmas Ranch, which aired on Hallmark. Dates for this event are Thursday, October 15th at 4 p.m. and Friday, October 16th until 11.59 p.m. Access to the pre-selected content provided by Brook USA will start at 4 p.m. The movie premieres at 7. The premiere of Hope's Legacy serves as the kickoff of The Power of One, Brook USA's latest campaign set to raise $1 million over the next 12 months. Ticket prices begin at $25 for general admission. This virtual event is provided through a designated sub-channel on the Equus Film Channel, solely for usage by Brook USA. Our next guest today is a director, producer, and executive producer with years of experience in both film and video. Douglas B. Maddox has earned 25 telly, communicator, videographer, crowned, and Aurora Awards. Doug was inducted into the Producers Guild of America in July of 2007 and was honored with the Mark A. Levy Distinguished Service Award in 2011. Doug also works in the distribution and representation of film, television, and documentaries. He's the founder and president of DBM Communications Incorporated, a marketing agency and video production company based in Maryland. Doug's latest release, Hope's Legacy, is scheduled for an upcoming online premiere as part of the gala fundraising event for Brook USA. Welcome, Doug. It's so good to talk to you today. Oh, thank you, Julian. Appreciate it. Great to be here. Yes. You know, it's funny. When I heard that I was going to have a chance to speak with you, I got really excited because I remember meeting you years ago at an Equus Film Festival event. And I believe we've seen each other, you know, at least every year since then with something to do with Equus. What was that? I think 2016 or 17, maybe in New York. Yeah, we met in New York and then down at at Camden. It was a fantastic event you put on. Oh, and I you. love that about the Equus Film Festival, how it, it takes uh, 
different stops around the world with the films that win. So it was such a pleasure to have Christmas Ranch uh, going out uh, and, and being shown there at that festival. So that was great. Even then, it struck me that you said you made family family oriented films because there are not that many out there. Yeah, we were we were really thankful because of the fact that it was a uh, family inspirational film that uh, Showtime and Netflix picked it up. So it was on there for three Christmas seasons, mm. and now it's out on you know Apple and and Amazon and so many other platforms. But it, it, it's also gone out throughout the international communities, too. And I think we're in three languages or maybe oh, maybe God. even a few more. It's called A Horse Called Hope internationally. And uh, so that's kind of exciting. So it's got an AKA now, <laughs> also known as. That's so cool. I love it. Well, you know, as with all that experience, and, and I've seen, you know, the lists of the other films that you've been been part of, either producing, directing with The Bill Collector, and even Elvis Home Movies as a film. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. How did you get into filmmaking in the first place? Did you always know you were going to be a storyteller? Uh, you know, I think that I came from a family that struggled with communication. And as we learned to do that, I think I, I kind of championed it. I was kind of a quiet kid growing up. And so then I realized, man, I want to communicate better. I want to find out how we all can, you know, make, make things better, communicate better. And then uh, I was heading to aeronautical engineering school and I took an intro to film course. And I had also done photography and my, my, Mom's an artist, my sister's an artist, but I always looked at myself as a science math guy. And I took this intro to film course and it just blew my mind and mm. it brought everything together. And so I started our company uh, in 1990, 30 years ago, we're celebrating this year. And uh, so it started in the communications, DVM Communications Incorporated. And then 15 years ago, the, my dream came true by getting our first feature film, The Bill Collector with Danny Trejo. Mm. And that started DBM Films. And so I partnered with some friends out in L.A. and back here on the East Coast. And it, I've been going nonstop since. And it's all been on a wing and a prayer because <laughs> you've got to have faith in this industry because it is tough. It's a, a tough one to make a living at. Oh, I'm but sure. But we are so thankful yeah, that we, we've been able to put out some great titles through the years, uh, documentaries, television, and features. And uh, we're we're doing a business at it, and we're we're having fun too. So it's been great working with uh, the horse industry in Maryland for Christmas Ranch, and now uh, the horse um, Hope's Legacy. I, I have to tell you, Hope's Legacy is a little tongue twister and and a little <laughs> little funny thing. But Hope was the horse in Christmas Ranch, right? And the Legacy and Hope's offspring. Uh huh. That's, That's why it's exciting. called Hope's Legacy. Well, you know, you talk about location. First of all, you you couldn't find a more beautiful location. I think you told me that Christmas Ranch was filmed in Maryland. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was funny. The script was written for Oklahoma. And I talked to the writer and I said, you know, I think I want to do one in my backyard. And, and Kentucky, Maryland, and New York are the top horse states. And uh, where, I, you know, Maryland is the number one horse capita, and a lot of people don't know that. And I've got to know Ross Petticord, and mm -hmm. uh, through him, I got to learn about you and Lisa at the Equus Film Festival, and and it's a great horse community. And so when I did this film, it was more of like an introduction to eventing and horse eventing, but mm -hmm. championing uh, the the location was Greenmount Farms. They they were tremendous. It's like twenty one. Uh, acres, and I think they um, they do a great job of horse breeding, and and I think a lot of their horses end up in a lot of competitions uh, regionally, and I think even uh, nationally, but definitely regionally. Um, so Greenmount Farms is a great location, but then on Hope's Legacy, we went to uh, three additional farms beside really? Greenmount Park. Yeah, you expanded a lot with that. You've mentioned that this is this is a sequel. How did you go about casting for the second one? Uh, you had Taylor Lyons again as Lizzie, I'm sure. You couldn't you couldn't mm -hmm. change that. And then a couple other people too, but then you had some some new names coming into the mix and Diane Cannon yeah, and others. We, so, yeah, we, how did that yeah, work? We, we expanded for sure. This this was a, a bigger picture. You know, I 
I was so excited to have Rob Burke at the uh, U.S. Equestrian, and he was delighted to take me to the, the Kentucky uh, Five Star, and he showed me around, and he called this film International Velvet. And I was so, so tickled oh. by that, and, <laughs> and like, okay, that's pretty cool. So we're not that, the higher jumps in that movie, uh, we're probably more of the me- medium-sized jumping, but we go all out on horse eventing. The, the film is basically all about horse eventing from beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And U.S. Equestrian even got uh, behind us on this. And so it, it's been exciting to partner with all these different sponsors and, and folks, uh, Maryland Horse Industry Board. But I knew that I wanted to make a bigger film, and so I needed bigger stars. And mm-hmm. so um, I, my friend out in L.A., Susan Wales, has just been a dear friend of mine uh, for many years in my family. And uh, she she knew about this script and she said, Hey Doug, well, I've got a friend named Diane Cannon. I said, I'd love to talk to her. So she introduced me, got to meet her at her Bible study out in LA. And uh, I said, do you do uh, uh, independent films? <laughs> she goes, it really depends on the script, Doug. And she was so lovely. I said, well, I'll send you the script if you'd like to read it. She read it, loved it. And she came on all board and I was like so thrilled to have her. And she took this film up several notches, to be very frank with you. Um, her caliber just throws all the actors up. And, you know, she's, she's been doing this for over 50 years. And um, just I love her presence in this film. Well, I love, I saw in one of the previews that she's introduced at the door as not a gla- grandmother, but a glam mother. And she's certainly glamorous yeah. and beautiful. And <laughs> Oh, man, she's got that. She's got that star power, you know. Um, yeah, but seems like a lovely person to work with. So your cast, you know, you that family oriented theme is the cast also pretty much a family after you've been together a lot of you for for so long. Oh yeah, yeah, you definitely get to know each other pretty well. And uh, a new young star is Di- uh, Dylan Steele, who plays the granddaughter, okay. and she's a local actress here in Maryland, and so I was happy to have her. But I would say we had pretty much all the cast fly in from out of state except for a, a handful um so it was it was quite like i said a, a much bigger larger film than i have done um before so it was it was wonderful how did you cast the horses that's that would be the ah, hardest part yes. to me <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it, it was so fun because uh as i visited the farms and uh you know looked at the, the different locations um, I got to know the people like uh, Jody Dawson at uh, Fairhill Stables, and uh, she basically um, said, "Hey, I, I think I have a horse that you can uh, work with, named Spock." And uh, so I was like, "That would be so great!" And uh, I think Bodie, the Olympian, uh, rode um, Spock, and so that was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, so we're thrilled to have Spock in the film, and of course. Hope is Stephanie Smith's horse from Virginia, mm-hmm. who came up to reappear in the film. And then uh, Legacy is Miri out at Full Moon Farm, Karen uh, Fulton's horse. I think Grace also is a eventing champion, her daughter, and let us use her horse. And so with that, we got, you know, some amazing riders that, you know, Grace rode and so many other great people rode uh, for us. We had so many volunteers. We <laughs> we had horse extras. We had people extras. I think when you look at the credits, we, we have a special presentation with Brooks USA, and it's going to be so fun. And just look at the credits. It's, it's oh, hundreds of people. That's awesome. Want to learn more about how to see Hope's legacy? Here's a tip from founder and director of the Equus Film and Arts Fest, Lisa Dearson. They will go from Brook, USA. It'll take them right to the purchase the ticket page on the Equus um, Film Festival Flicks channel, on the Equus Film channel. And they'll see a banner across the top, right underneath of the video, that it will say Films for a Cause. So buying a ticket to this film festival, you're helping them help those horses and donkeys. And so you, you can go in and we've got um, the 
Fork in the Road, we've got Riding High, we've got When the Dust Settles, all kinds of other films that are motivational, as well as Doug's film, Hope's Legacy, which I love, I love, I love. With the U.S. Eventing Association coming in as a partner to sponsor this event, and that must feel pretty good to you because that Absolutely. if they're endorsing you at the film and you, I, I want mean, to thank awesome. Brook USA for sure. This is going to be so fun. When Lisa came to me with this opportunity, and we had just finished the film, and uh, they said, "Hey, this is a possibility." I said, "You know what? I'd love to do it." And so when they said yes, it made me so happy to get this out to the community. Um, you know, this is gonna be a, a, just a one uh, showing as we get ready to release. So we're gonna be releasing most likely by the end of the year, early 2021, somewhere in that vicinity on all the video on demand, digital platforms and all over the place, as many places we can get. Um, so have your listeners look for it when it comes time. And I'm sure we'll be at the Equus Film Festival again. And, Definitely, um, yeah. So this is very special screening uh, premiere for uh, Host Legacy with Brooke USA. So well, it's a great opportunity. It's a win-win, you know, for both for the film and for for the fundraising efforts of Brooke USA. So that's pretty cool. You know, how has the whole COVID um, pandemic affected you with this release? I know you were so excited about it back in, you know, February. I think we emailed a little bit back and forth and then everything hit. And so has how has that affected not only the film and the release, but just the rest of your work in general? Yeah, it's not been easy. You know, I, I'm thankful again for faith because, you know, it's a, been a rough year. Mm. Um, but I will say, whenever you give a filmmaker some time, we'll take it and try <laughs> to perfect it. You know, we kept working on the film and doing this, doing that, you know, tweaking this, tweaking that. So we wanted a, you know, really good job for, you know, the horse eventing community and horse lovers community. So we just kept working on it during that time. So while we were ready to show it back in April, uh, we just kind of said, hey, let's just make it a little better and, and tweak some things here and tweak some things there. And I feel like this has been you know, a great outcome. I was able to uh, get two, two songs put in it. The Grey Haven, a music group down in Nashville, they have a wonderful song about Band of Gold. It's called Band of Gold. And so I was able to license that song for the film and another great talented musician and singer songwriter out of nashville uh tori martin she's on the top 25 list of texas charts and then moved to nashville she was an american idol and um, the voice and so we were just so happy to get her song into the credits of the film called fun and it, it is a lot of fun that song's cool. great and so I was able to get a couple of extra things that I really wanted. You know, I always wanted some music, uh, special music. We've got a great score and got great sound mixing with Scott Weber. And so, you know, really took the time to do what we could do. I've, I've been working on some TV shows and uh, working on documentary. We also do distribution with DBM Films, so I'm keeping busy on that front. The DBM communication side, is, it's been a little harder, um, but things are starting to open up now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hoping that, you know, business will start coming back. Uh, we had so many cancellations throughout the year and now people are starting to say, OK, I'm ready to, you know, get get back and, and you know, socially distance and be mm -hmm. smart and wear a mask, but, you know, get out there and do production again. So Sure. Well, that's great that you do have both sides of, of what you do. I mean, I, so many filmmakers are out there kind of I know that feeling where you're trying to figure out, OK, how do I find the right people to do this part of the job or how do I fund yeah, this yeah, or yeah. whatever? And so I know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, I had a lot of people return a core group, maybe I'd say four, four or five people return from Christmas Ranch. But all the rest were new hires. And uh, so every time you make a film, it's like you know, scheduling and finding new talent. So it's always a fascinating uh, time making movies. And especially in the horse industry, you know, partnering with farms and, and the different sponsors. And uh, so it, you get to meet new people, you, you get to work with some great talent, new talent. And yeah, we did bring back uh, Taylor Lyons and Alan Williamson. I had met with them out in LA 
And I said, hey, listen, I, I want to do, it's a standalone story, but it's, it's the next part of the story to Christmas Ranch. And they were so excited to be a part of it. <laughs> and then when they found out Diane Cannon was, that just took them over the roof. They had gotten married since uh, Christmas Ranch. Yeah. Taylor and Alan are married in real life. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Oh, could that's Pretty exciting cool. news. Yes. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, the story arc I love in, in the first one, you know, the story arc for her character and she's so troubled and, and she kind of grows into this self-awareness thing. We're not doing any spoilers, no spoiler alerts here. So we don't want to give anything away, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with her character. I will say she's much more grown up <laughs> and she's got antagonist. And so played by Abigail, and uh-huh. uh, she's amazing. Uh, so there is a, a bully she's got to overcome. But there's I, that oh, competition. That. Yeah, competition bully. And uh, so we'll see how, how she does in the film. And, uh, but it, it's pretty cool because we, ha- we do all three phases of eventing, and we've got three montages of uh, horses and jumping and so many other great uh, aspects to the horse uh, world. So that's, it's been, it's been a blast. I mean, I, when we, we did a uh, farm screening and so many people came up to me and said, just thank you for being such a part of the horse community. I said, man, it's my privilege. Definitely. Well, now I have to ask, are you, do you ride? Are you, are you in horses and yeah, I ride. Daily? I do not own. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I love horses. Uh, I love horses and riding. Um, I wish I could do it more, frankly. Uh, I'm getting older. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. God, I know the feeling. It's good that you had folks who knew what they were doing kind of on set and helping because horse people can be very particular. Yeah, we actually had uh, one of the ladies over at the Maryland Horse Council. Uh, she deals with the the Equerry magazine, and she was so awesome. And she read the script and did all kinds of uh, uh, wordsmithing for me, making mm-hmm. sure we got the word right and, you know, just timing of uh, the pacing of the eventing right. And so that, that was a real privilege working with them. And like I said, U.S. Equestrian Association, the U.S. Eventing Association, uh, the Maryland Horse Industry Board, uh the equerry, so many wonderful people came back out here and uh, just supported this this endeavor on production and are going to support it in distribution too. So we want as many fans as possible. So they got to go to Hope's Legacy page on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, and on YouTube. Go to DBM Films and like and subscribe so that we can hear from you and see what you think of the movie. And uh, got to sign up for the Brooks USA uh big event coming up they're going to be raising some money throughout the year and this will be a great way to kick that off yes absolutely actually this premiere of hope's legacy is the kickoff for their um the power of one initiative it's their latest campaign and they're set to raise over a million dollars over the next 12 months so i can't think of a better way to put two phenomenal things together and get to have some fantastic entertainment but also do it while you're while you're making a difference for horses and donkeys and mules across the world so that's a pretty special thing for sure so doug what is your next project what's next on on your agenda right now uh jody up at fairwind uh she's got a nice project another horse movie and uh we're going through pre-production on that right now and then uh we've got the, the distribution side of this is, is a big job. It's the marketing and the putting it on platforms and getting out on TV. And so I'm going to stay busy uh, through the end of the year on that. And then um, just continuing to work on a television show and some documentaries and growing deviant communication. So if uh, any of your listeners have or need uh, consulting help in distribution world or need help with uh, partnering in the film world, I'm all ears and ready to go and uh and you know it's all about bringing people's creative vision to life so that's what i do and happy to help others too that's great and it's dbmcommunications.com is for the marketing side right right and then dbmfilm.com and then dbmfilmstore.com is where we sell the dvds and so on and we we also do um 
you'll see on there, oh, we just released the Marshall, uh, Bill Tillman's story. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that's a, a Western, and that's got horses, too. Mm-hmm, there you <laughs> so, go. I've seen I love I that. I think that's Western at the uh, Echoes Film Festival It did. I loved it. Yeah, we excited. showed that one in Camden, too. That was one of my favorites. That's great. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and so that was, that was very exciting to see uh, that film get out there, and uh, it was, it's in Walmart. It's in all kinds of uh, VOD platforms, and but uh, anyway, there's just so much. That, oh, and by the way, Hope's Legacy has this tremendous wedding in it. Mm. And so we we had partnered with amazing people like Stacey Bowen for the flowers, check her flowers out. And then we also partnered with uh, a catering company, uh, 11 Courses Catering, who's the chef in the movie. Oh, and cool. so look out for him too. Yeah, it's Chef Jim is his name. And so many other great people. But, you know, I... I'm just so privileged to work with a community of people with like-minded ideas to get these wonderful stories out there. And I appreciate you interviewing me to uh, tell my story a little bit. And so, you know, thank you very much. We'll look forward to whatever comes next. That's awesome. For more information or to purchase tickets, please visit brookusa.org. If you'd like to support Brook USA and help this work continue, you can donate by texting ORANGE to 71760.